SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaS Doc 2017, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11. The SaaS Revolution show has a new look for 2017 and is now powered by SaaS Doc. In this brand new episode, Alex Thuma is joined by Liz Kane, VP Go-To-Market at Openview Partners. In this episode, Liz talks to Alex about the recipe to building a great company. Let's hear more from Liz. Welcome to the show, Liz Kane, Vice President of Go-To-Market at Openview Ventures. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. No, really excited to, to have you on the, the SaaS Revolution show today, Liz. Um, so, you, you know, I, I know that you've listened to the podcast before and, you know, always the first question we, we, we get to know a little bit more about uh, our guest, uh, you know, Tony Wright. So, you know, tell us uh, a little bit about who uh, is Liz Kane. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, right now, I work for OpenView Partners. So we're a local VC here in Boston. I've lived here for the last decade or so. Um, have a small little Yorkie puppy. He's about six years old. Uh, travel a ton, and I'm really passionate about helping companies grow. Excellent. And and so, like, obviously, I I know uh, because we've been speaking for some time. Um, that actually, you, you know, you've worked for, um, you know, some of the biggest SaaS companies, um, you know, around, uh, and now obviously you're in the world of VC. Um, so let, let, let's, uh, let's cover that point. Um, sort of, you know, first, you know, why did you move into the world of venture capital? Yeah. You know, it was an interesting transition for me, and I think probably one of the more important things to point out first is while I work for a VC, I actually sit on the post-investment side and spend most of my time consulting with our portfolio companies on a whole bunch of different initiatives, Mm -hmm. which we can chat about. But I spent the last eight years or so working for NetSuite, um, saw it through a rapid growth phase. Uh, I actually got acquired in an earlier company, OpenAir, by NetSuite. So I joined this sort of like 40-person startup. We were pretty small, uh, really like great product, almost immediately got acquired by NetSuite, felt like a huge company at the time, but it was like in the grand scheme of things, not at all. How, how many and was it uh, at the time? when you? Probably 600 employees. Okay, pretty big, uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. 100 million in revenue, yeah, and scaled uh, all the way up to um, to 2016, where there were about 5,000 employees, very close to a billion in revenue, and obviously just went through that acquisition by Oracle. Um, but in my career there, did a whole bunch of different things, all in the go-to-market and sales side, working in sales operations, then account management, uh, leading a sales team, and then ultimately starting up their lead gen program, um, and that was sort of the thing we're going to talk about a bit today, and I'll, I'll actually be speaking um, at SASDAQ, obviously, on that topic. But the thing that brought me to venture was the idea that I could get this you know, much broader perspective on the market mm-hmm. and learn um, and share my experience with a whole bunch of different companies. We have almost 30 active portfolio companies at OpenView, and I get to work across a number of different go-to-market models, different products, um, even different stages of growth. And that's just a really compelling opportunity. Any any uh, uh, any great SaaS company? I'm sure all of your portfolio uh, companies are great. Any ones that we would know uh, sort of instantly, perhaps if uh, maybe if you, you're a SaaS geek like me? Absolutely. How about Expensify? Expensify, know them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably have that on your your phone right now, right? Um, great yeah. great tool for actually submitting expense reports. Um, it's probably more of like the common like consumer one. Um, but no, I mean a lot of great companies in the portfolio. Uh, Datadog. Mm-hmm. Uh, BTS in the commercial real estate space. Uh, most recent investment was actually with deputy and workforce management. So really interesting, diverse portfolio. Excellent. And, and, and OpenView Ventures, I think actually you, you first came onto my radar not so long ago. 
um, putting out some great content there. Um, I think you did something with uh, with Typeform uh, on, yeah. on a post sort of recently. Um, you know, and, and it seems certainly your, your website looks very cool. You, you you seem a bit sort of different from some of the other VCs that that I've seen. You know, is that is that fair to say? You know, what what is different about OpenView Ventures? Yeah, I mean, I think there's really two things. Um, and I think the two things we really pride ourselves on, number one is focus. Mm-hmm. So we're very specific in our investment thesis. We look at companies that are in the expansion stage, all software. And so if I really just want to break that down, it's B2B software companies, generally like one to 15 million in ARR when we invest, we're generally doing a B round. Mm-hmm. Um, so companies who have found product market fit and are now really looking to scale, And because we're so focused, we've actually been able to build what we call our expansion platform. Um, And it really encompasses a number of things. One, content. We're producing content daily. We're working to connect with like the leaders in all kinds of different spaces, whether that be sales or marketing or product, different types of companies, but really like the people that our portfolio companies and potential future portfolio companies um, admire and want to learn from. And then uh, second, we're doing events. We're really focused on bringing together the best of the best and allowing them to network and meet each other, not Mm -hmm. just hear from us. Mm -hmm. And then we have our team. And our team um, is kind of, I think, really what differentiates and defines us. We have a team of full-time consultants here who are working with portfolio companies in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, If I think kind of high level, the categories we look at. From you know customer acquisition, product monetization, through to corporate development, and actually talent and recruiting, we take on really small advisory things. So I might get a phone call from someone saying, "Hey, we're hiring our first VP of sales. What would a comp package for that person look like? Or how do I segment and split up their variable?" Mm-hmm. Or it could be. Um, we're looking to launch a new product. We want to talk about the potential market size. How do you do some validation work, talking to prospective customers and our existing customer base, help us figure out what the right price point is and how we package it with our existing, um, offerings. And so there's just a real breadth of, um, of different services we offer. And we try to do that across all of our portfolio companies. Okay, so that sounds uh, sounds pretty awesome. And 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 now we mentioned that obviously before OpenView that uh, we didn't mention the title, but you, we we mentioned the company NetSuite. Um, yeah. You know, you were uh, area vice president of worldwide business development. Bit of a mouthful. Um, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> at, at NetSuite, and as as we know, and as you said, you know, you know, by um, uh, by the time of I guess the acquisition by Oracle, it was the you know five thousand person company, a billion dollar yeah. sort of revenue. Um, you know, when you joined. Um, you were in sort of, uh, or, or like the first lead gen sort of person. Yeah. You scaled that up to 170 people, something like that. No? Pretty cool story, actually. Um, uh, we really know, unique. Yeah, we know you're going to talk a, a, a bit about that or a lot about that. Um, you know, at, at SaaS Um uh, Can you? In, you know, let's not go too deep into it because you're going to talk about it at, at Sastop. But a little teaser, a, a little teaser, and and, and like yeah. you know, tell us a little bit, sort of high level, like when and why you should start to build lead gen, you know, and how you should go about doing this for for the growth stage sort of companies that you work yeah. with. So maybe like just a quick step back, I'll give you the quick overview of NetSuite's story because I do think it's a bit different than traditional. Um, NetSuite had built this really phenomenal inbound lead engine. So they got to probably almost $100 million in revenue without having outbound lead gen BDR type team. Mm-hmm. And I think that in and of itself is pretty unique. So when we went to go build this, actually the first team we hired it was 
mid 2012, but we started planning for it in 2011. And I remember getting a call from the CEO and his comment was basically like, don't screw up what's working. Right. So if at the end of next year, you've hired like 20 people and you've created some sales reps to help feed our mid-market teams without screwing up lead gen, like you did your job. So it wasn't about accelerating and finding new leads early on. It was really like, let's get the um, mechanism for promoting people down. And then pretty quickly, we started to prove that there was actually like a phenomenal outbound path that we could be taking as well. And that's where we saw the scale going from you know, 20 people in one year to about 170 hires a year right when I left. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think now about like growth stage SaaS and where, <laughs> where, where and when and how somebody should build that kind of team, I guess there's a couple of things that come to mind first. Um, you need to put somebody in charge of it. And I think often I find people hiring like one or two BDRs as a one-off or kind of putting them in this pod model, reporting to a rep. And what I found is the most successful outbound BDRs um, or even inbound, honestly, need somebody who's advocating for them daily and who's coaching them and investing in them. And sales leaders follow the revenue. They, they don't spend time at the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. So one is having somebody in charge. Um, the second is really about metrics. Um, I'm a very data-oriented person, but I don't think you can improve something unless you can measure it. And at that kind of team, it is all about activity. It is the dials. It is the emails. It is the connect rates. Um, and you can't diagnose what's working and what's not unless you know that. Mm-hmm. And every person is going to have their own problems, whether it's calling the wrong people, not finding the right numbers, not you know opening the conversation correctly. Um, but you need to be really data-driven. Um, and then the last one I think about is really investing in the training for those folks, making sure that you're um, putting a program in place and you're not just handing somebody a phone book and saying go. Um, so I don't think it's time to start that until you can do those three things. And at that point, when you can hire a couple people and really put um, put a little bit more effort behind it, I think you see a lot more success. No, all uh, all uh, absolutely awesome points there. And we know that you, you know, as we said uh, at SaaStock, you're going to go sort of deep into scaling lead gen and uh, you know around that 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 story. So you know, really looking forward to that. Um, and you know, with that experience that you have there, and with your current role and working with all these portfolio companies, we know that. Uh, you, you know, you know what it takes to build, you know, great companies, right? Um, so I want to focus a little bit uh, on, on that sort of right now, and in, in, in yeah. perhaps breaking it down into, you know, what's the the Liz Kane uh, recipe to to, like to, to building a, a, a great company? Um, you know, I think you mentioned that there's probably well, there's you know a few things, but like four or five sort of pillars that that you sure. think are, are pretty key. So can we can we go through those in you know in a, in a bit of detail? Um, yeah. uh, I think that would be super interesting for the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it all starts with finding the right company or the right idea. Um, and so I can kind of speak a little bit to OpenView's, you know, investment thesis, how we look at a company. And I think first it comes down to market size. You know, is there an opportunity here to address enough of a market, enough of a user base that you can start to scale a company? Um, so that's number one. And then understanding understanding within that market who your user segment is. I think too often um, we meet uh, founders who have built like a Swiss army knife of a product. Mm -hmm. So it it does a lot of great things, but it's not clear really what it does for one segment of users and why they're going to pay for it. And so making sure you're thoughtfully creating a product that you can monetize and have that really um, tight product market fit. 
and then the last bit kind of within evaluating a company is the team, um, and people who are passionate about growing company, not someone who's looking for a quick exit. It doesn't necessarily need to be a, you know, many time repeat founder of a business or somebody who's been through the success, but it's someone who's passionate about their work, who's hiring great people, who knows how to delegate, knows how to take feedback and coaching and is like ready to scale a company. Um, those are sort of the three areas we look at. So the market size, product market fit and team. And then I think the second thing, um, that it feeds really well in with team, the second pillar is really around hiring. And that's like one of the hardest things to do, to go out and find enough great people that you can scale a company quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen it done in some really interesting ways. I'm seeing more and more, uh, remote teams being built. I don't know if you've noticed that in the companies you're talking to. Absolutely. Even, even last, uh, or my last podcast guest, uh, a company called Hotjar. Now they're yeah. kind of remote by almost necessity in that they're based in Malta, which is a tiny island in the Mediterranean. Yeah. So if they want to attract the best talent, you know, they, they can't just look in the pool that is at Malta uh, and they've had to, you know, grow remotely, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they've grown to, I think, 7 million ARR in 24 months, which is you know, pretty good going. Um, but yeah, I guess with, with the, I, I see the trend in that and companies like Envision App uh, uh, yep. as well, all, all remote. Um, but obviously there, there are challenges with remote, uh, oh, yeah. you know, as work as well. It is uh, definitely like works better for some departments than others. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, um, more and more I'm seeing that happening with engineering teams where, you know, it can absolutely be a more remote culture where you're kind of mm-hmm. focused on your own as you're scaling something like lead gen or BDR. So it doesn't work. No. Like you need to have those people together, having this like really tight community learning from each other. Like just the energy of it. Um, so I guess the other things that come to mind on hiring is really thinking through kind of the talent versus experience debate. Um, you know, as you're early on and you're you're starting to grow a company, you're really thinking about the spend um, and how to minimize your burn while bringing in the best talent possible. And so if you have the ability to hire for less experience, more raw talent, I think you're going to really open up the doors to finding kind of more and better people. Mm-hmm. Um And then I I guess the other piece of advice I would share around hiring is really more for hiring managers. Um, I think that, you know, even in the companies that I'm working with today, everybody has that sort of passion for their own company, right? Like you're drinking the Kool-Aid, but do you know how to sell that to someone else? And sometimes I hear from people, well, should they should just want to work here, right? Don't they see the vision? And there is a role for a hiring manager in selling their company and their job and not just expecting everyone to walk through the door, like just buying in immediately, yeah. especially as you're sourcing passive candidates. So playing that role of, um, of actually getting involved in the hiring process and not just expecting a recruiter or an outside firm to do that for you is key. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, I mean, hiring, it's, it, it's like so you've got to sell the company, right? You, you've got to take, uh, be active in that role. So, yeah. you, you know, that, that's why I guess, uh, you know, a lot of CEOs and the ones that I speak to, you know, they're spending 50% of their time, you know, on recruitment uh, because probably nobody is better placed than them to you yeah. know, sell the company, sell the vision, you know, and get these key people on, on board, right? So it's that it's And that thinking important. longer term too, right? Yeah. That 50% of time you're spending is not about the hires you're going to make in the next two months. It's about building your network so that down the road you you have these great people sort of teed up and coming back to you. Absolutely. And I remember actually my first podcast guest was uh, another Bostonite, uh, was uh, Mark Roberge. 
And oh, yeah, it was, love just, that. it was just when he had his uh, his book out, the uh, the sales acceleration formula. Yeah. I forget the the full title, but you know he was kind of saying uh, as, as he scaled the, uh, the 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 machine for for HubSpot, you know the most important thing on the table that day was hiring. You know it shouldn't be yeah. bumped. Yeah, that was the most important thing. You know getting uh, getting the right people, having those hiring sort of meetings. Um, so yeah, you know um, uh, very uh, very pertinent, uh, I think. I've even seen companies create some sort of like spec for their management teams around it as you look at like having to build out a department quickly to try to keep it top of mind, even making it more focused um, and put it kind of putting some my either money, time, um, resources behind it in addition to the team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's, um, what, what's number three? Number three. Yeah. Investing in people. Um, so you're going to hire great people. Now what do you do with them? Mm. And I, I think, you know, it starts with onboarding, right? So having people have this like amazing first day, first month, first 90 days experience. Um, even if you're hiring senior people who are experienced, they still need to be onboarded in your company, your culture, your market, potentially, depending on where you're hiring from. And uh, that idea that somebody can come in and you just say, go, doesn't work, right? Like you need to actually invest in these people and, and help them be successful. So people management, I think, is is the skill that I want to raise here. And there is a difference between people who are great individual contributors and people who are amazing at finding leaders that care about their people and want to help and promote and develop others who find joy in working with them and like really live to serve their team. Um, I think really where that starts to manifest itself is at that growth stage where you've had some early people in your company and you want to be behind them and promoting them. And not everybody is looking for that career track. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who have been moved into a frontline sales management role or frontline engineering role. And really like they liked the job they had, but they were the first one there and they were given this opportunity and you end up elevating people to a role where either they're not successful or they're no longer passionate about it. Um, so I think putting some real thought into finding that management layer that's passionate about that management, mm-hmm. not just doing. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Make makes sense. You know, I guess once, once you've spent, you've got that initial team and, uh, and then, you know, you spent uh, maybe up to 50% of your time sort of hiring, you know, building out a world-class company, you, you know, then once they're on boards, you know, mm-hmm. make, makes absolute sense, you know, just from the moment that they start to, to yeah. invest in them, not, uh, not forget about them on their, their first day. And I've seen like via social media, things like, uh, another Boston company actually, uh, drift, um, yeah. you know, and I saw one of their employees, was saying, oh, what a great welcome that I had on my first day. And he showed a photo of his desk with all this drift swag and yeah. a book recommended by David Cancel, you know, that he gives to all employees called The One Thing and just everything. It just kind of looked like, hey, we, we care about you and this is your you first day and welcome. You excited. You yeah. need that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, he's, you know, he was excited enough to promote his company on the first day, you know, and it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a great thing. So absolutely, it's, um, you know, something key. Uh, maybe something something in the water in uh, in, in Boston about I'm that. I'm hearing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what's next on the, uh, in, in the Liz Kane's recipe? Uh, book? Yeah. So, I mean, the next thing that kind of comes to mind for me is creating um, processes that actually will scale with you. So when I think about that, I I kind of hover and go to go to market first because it's really where I live. But I don't think you're ever too early to build that strategic vision of where you're going and communicate that to your employees so that you're all working in the same direction. Um, And I, I think what I really mean by that is those first couple of salespeople you hire 
they're great at what they do, right? They are going to go out and they are going to evangelize your product and they are going to do whatever it takes to bring revenue in the door and make those customers successful. But it's really hard to scale that. And you're not going to go find 12 more that do the same thing. So at some point you need to figure out like, what is the process you are doing and how do we institutionalize that so that we can do it with 10 people, 20 people and 50 people. Um, I'm actually writing an article about this right now and I have to send it your way. But I think one of the, one of the things I really like would encourage people to do is not build a process that works today, but think about what would happen six months from now and a year from now, if you continue doing that with more people. And that comes down to basic things like data integrity in your CRM, like set it up right from the get go. And you are going to save yourself so much time, money, and frustration down the road. And it feels like a big investment early on, but I think there is, um, a small number of things that if you get right early, allow you to scale in a really great way. Um, whether that's process, whether that's data, whether that's actually setting a strategic vision, setting a scalable and repeatable process early is key. Cool. Okay. Very good. Uh, make, makes sense. And, uh, you, you know, wholeheartedly, uh, yeah. agree with that. And, um, I, I guess kind of quite often at the beginning, like you, you know, the first couple of years, you know, for, for, for a startup, certainly if you haven't found product market fit, you, you know, it, it's around survival uh, and it's often, you know, acquisition at all costs and these kind yep. of, you, you know, strategic vision, the scalable processes, these things just kind of go out the window because you're just kind of looking at, of I just need to sell, just need to sell, you know, forget about that. I need to get to next week. But, you, you know, if you can bring this in, this is going to build towards your, your, your success. So it, it's often not about acquisition, at, uh, you know, at all costs, right? Yeah, and it allows you to actually learn from what you're doing, right? If nothing is documented, nothing is recording, how do you, again, it kind of comes back to how do you get better at it if you don't understand what you're already doing? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, let's, um, you, you know, we'll keep the recipe to five uh, sort of ingredients. And uh, yeah. so, so what, what is the, the fifth and final uh, ingredient to, to make this uh, a recipe to building a great company? Take risks and fail fast. And I guess what I mean by that is um, I think, there's a lot of time spent on planning or anticipating what's coming next or the downsides that could face kind of a big decision. And uh, I think the companies that learn to iterate quickly to try things, to measure them during those tests, but to try them, um, they grow faster, right? They're, they're ready to, to try something out, whether it works or not. If it works, like throw some gas on it and accelerate. If it doesn't pivot to the next thing. Um, but if you have this sort of process in the background that allows you to test these things, you can iterate so much more quickly. Um, and you can try the next big idea, right. Rather than sort of sticking with the status quo. Um, and, and I think that's a really key part of this kind of growth stage where you're moving beyond these first few customers, you're moving beyond, um, kind of the early stage processes that got you to where you are and you need to do some kind of bigger, riskier things to keep growing. Are there any examples either from the portfolio companies that you work with or even from, you know, your time at NetSuite where, you, you know, you've seen a, a risk that was made that really sort of, you know, paid dividends? Um, is, is there something that you can share around that? Sure. I mean, at NetSuite, certainly, um, I think the the biggest risk that comes to mind is building the team that I built, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we basically sat down one day and said, we're going to hire a hundred people right out of college who've never sold before. 
We're going to give them access to 35,000 leads a year. We're going to expect them to take on million dollar quotas nine, 12 months after that. And I think that risk paid dividends in each area, right? Not only in the driving up the value of the leads that we were generating on inbound by sourcing new deals on outbound and ultimately by providing this pipeline of talent to our sales organization that actually already understood our product, our culture, and our sales process and could step in and ramp to quota at like half the rate of an external hire. Um, so I think, you know, that was a, that was a massive risk because the upfront investment was huge in both salary and just across the different departments it touched, you know, everybody had to buy in. Well, uh, it definitely paid off for, for, for NetSuite. So, yeah. um, so uh, we, we, we can, uh, uh, you know, take lessons from that. Now, we, we're coming to the, um, uh, the, the, the end of the show. So, I mean, uh, you, you know, I mean, first of all, obviously, you know, in terms of the recipes to building a great company, I just want to sort of recap. Uh, this was, you know, invest in the right ideas and, you know, evaluate based on the market size, product market fit and team, hire well, invest in your people, create scalable, repeatable, uh, you know, go-to-market processes uh, and take risks and fail fast. And uh, if everybody does that, they're going to become the next uh, next week, right? That's a hope, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maybe some uh, people don't want to become the next next week, but uh, near enough. Um, uh, Now, um, you you know, last couple of questions, Liz. We've mentioned that you're coming over to Dublin uh, in September. Um, you know, uh, really thrilled to, to, to have you come to, to SASDOC this year. Um, what can we expect to hear from you uh, at SASDOC uh, um, in September? Yeah, so a couple things. I think number one, we're going to really dig in on the BDR story of NetSuite and get into more of the um, the real tactics that are used to build that kind of team and the investment that it takes both from you know leadership and from the individuals that are front lines you know, doing that job. And then we're also going to spend some time talking about um, product-led growth strategies. So I think one of the things we're seeing more and more in companies we're speaking with is creating and designing a product that is so easy to use and seamless to onboard your clients to and simple in design that you can actually have this very low touch or almost no touch sales process and figuring out kind of how you do that and where you align your resources and what role quote unquote sales plays when it's really more about customer experience and customer success. Um, I think that's kind of one of the primary things I want to spend some time on while we're there. Awesome. I, I don't know which one I'm more excited about. Um, but there's uh, like two Liz Canes for the price of one. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is uh, it's going to be great stuff. And, um, and, and what about yourself? Uh, you know, personally, obviously, we, we've got a, a huge list of speakers, um, uh, you know, from all over the world. Uh, is, is there anyone in particular that you're excited to, to see speak uh, this year? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, I mean, number one, there's actually one of our portfolio companies who's planning to speak, Tomer Levy, who's the CEO at Log. So I couldn't be more excited about that. Um, but you know, even just before I jumped on, I was looking through the page again, and you keep keep adding more speakers. But there's <laughs> some really impressive companies here: Calendly and Typeform and Box. And I'm, you know, honestly, I'm really excited to hear kind of the learnings from all these various companies. Yeah, no, I think I think there's a. I mean, I'm I'm a bit biased, right? But uh, I, I think there's a really <laughs> great great mix of companies, and you yeah. know, as you mentioned, like talent, uh, you know, Calendly. You know, um, one end end of the spectrum. You know, with a, a bit of a kind of freemium sort of viral product. Yep. You know, Typeform likewise. You know, a bit viral. You know, killing it in Europe. Then Box, who's now you know three hundred million ARR is a new hundred million. You know, there, there, yeah. there's some there's some great stories that we're going to hear, and uh, I think something for everyone really. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, on, on that note, uh, you know, can't wait till September. 
Um, and thank you so much for your time today on the, uh, on, on the show. Um, looking forward to publishing this, and um, we'll uh, we'll speak soon. Thank you.